It's only 11.39, so I can say good morning to, <laughs> to all of you. Um, I am grateful to be here at Tyndale this week. Sometimes in the preparations of things, you wonder why you say yes. Um, and then as you prepare for one thing, you get another invitation to do something else. And so in the midst of the invitation from George to come and speak in the community chapel, I welcome you all here, whether you are students or staff or faculty. And I would pray that the Lord God himself would speak into our habits and reorient us to his ways. I have to give a title, and my title is The Unforced Rhythms of Grace. And for, I think over the past maybe two years or so, I've been mulling over this idea of remembering. Thinking about what it means to bear witness to the goodness of God, to the craziness of life, to the struggles of friends and family, and to the own workings of my own heart. I think one of the things I appreciate most about having a written scripture is the continued call to remember. There are all kinds of promises, all kinds of good things that await for us. And yet I think that remembering is this one radical act that we can so easily forget, especially when things get hairy, especially when things don't go the way that we want. So over the past two years, God has opened up opportunities for me to speak to groups like yourself and call forward this need to remember. And in the remembering, I've been caught, arrested by Eugene Peterson saying that Jesus asks us to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Now while I've been sort of permeating or marinating in this idea of remembering and the unforced rhythms of grace, there has been a longer standing idea that's been vying for my attention. And it's the idea of more, M-O-R-E. Headlines scream at me, pictures entice, and next buttons promise the full story on all kinds of juicy details. So many invitations occur in my life to look to the left and to the right. So many voices seek to lure me from the reliance of God with the promise of rapid effect changes that I can take and make just by clicking here. Seriously. The culture of more is alive and well. There are ever-changing benchmarks and standards, expectations and outcomes that are meant to define the quality of the life that we lead. This relenting, unrelenting quest for more can leave us breathless. But this is really a very old quest. Why? The quest for more is really a quest to be seen and known by another. In our day, this quest for more looks like likes and hearts, followers, retweets, and mentions. This is so different from what God offers us, relationship. 
If we were just to focus on scripture, not other recorded history, not even our own life story, we would see that God has always offered relationship, special communion with his chosen ones, protection, provision, encouragement, correction. This is the beautiful invitation to intimacy and mystery that God offers again and again from Genesis right on through to Revelation. Now, our ancestors, the people of God, are very happy to call out to God in distress. I'm pretty happy to call out to God when I'm in distress. But when he has delivered our ancestors, they are even quicker to reject him. They ask for a sign, they get a pillar, fire, cloud of smoke. Not good enough, God, but try again. They have this physical presence, but no, we really want a human king because the other people have a human king and they're rocking it. So if you could just give us a human king, that would be swell. They want a different, less vigorous. Who can live with this standard? God, you're tough. They even, as I joked with someone yesterday, our ancestors even preferred the oppressor's onions than the constant presence of God, the deliverance out of slavery. The choice for a different kind of relationship rejects the dance of intimacy that God intended and seemingly wants some kind of on-again, off-again relationship where we say, yeah, God, we need you. Not so much. Lord, where are you? But don't interfere. And then comes Jesus. And he says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's an amazing invitation. So what was Jesus saying? My intention is just to focus on Matthew eleven twenty-eight and 30 and use this as a time of communal meditation. What is Jesus saying then and now? How do we learn to walk in those unforced rhythms of grace? Let's sort of go line by line. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. First and foremost, it's a never-ending grind to try to maintain the look of holiness without a relationship with the source of all that is holy. The rules we have are only meant to reflect our God. We need to meet Jesus, not just the rules, not just the how-tos, but the person of Jesus. 
And even more remarkably, Jesus wants to meet us. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Well, if we choose to trust Jesus, we would actually find rest. And rest in the practices of faith that are not meant to bog us down, but rather to build us up. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Jesus knows what he's doing, and this may be a blinding flash of the obvious, but I'll go for it. Jesus knows what he's doing because he is in perfect relationship with the Father. He knows who the Father is because he is the Son of the Father. It's written in his DNA. There's nothing that he will ask of us that is not in complete and utter coherence and cohesion with God the Father. He, that is Jesus, is the most reliable teacher we will ever encounter. He calls us to return to the source. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Stop striving. I know that we're in an academic institution and there is an incredible love for and pursuit of the angular grade as opposed to the more curvy grades. Fair enough. However, is that why you're here? Is that why any of us are here? To simply have the angular. Are we not here because Jesus has called us to do something different. Maybe it looks crazy. Maybe it seems impossible. But what if Jesus, in calling us to learn the unforced rhythms of grace as it relates to this place, is asking us to put aside the striving and spend time with him so we can fall in step with him What if it means matching the cadence of our life with his stride? The image in my head of this is being a little girl walking with my dad. My dad is six foot two and has very long legs. And as a little girl, I can see myself with my hand up, because when you're little, you kind of walk like this with your parents, and trying to keep up with my dad. As I grew to know my dad, as I grew in age, I learned how to walk those those steps with my father. And I held his hand as an older child, as a teenager, as a young adult, not because I needed to keep pace so much, but I knew who I was walking with. And it was good to walk with him. I would recognize the walk of my father anywhere. And I would hope that we would recognize the pace of Jesus in any circumstance we find. That we would have a sense of, oh, maybe we're moving a little bit faster now. Or maybe we're lingering. Or maybe we've stopped. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Jesus isn't offering rules. 
He's offering the gifts of the kingdom of heaven. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Again and again, the call is be with me. Jesus, Son of the Most High, Lord of all, King of Kings, is asking us to be with him. So here are some statements that might give a sense of what the unforced rhythms of grace might be. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and all your strength. Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly before God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. These rhythms are rooted in the knowledge that the God who loves us is good, is worthy, is faithful, is patient, is just. This is the one we've been waiting for. When Jesus calls us to rest, come to me and I will give you rest. He is the one we've been waiting for, looking for, yearning for. This is our God. Now, if I was going to be completely transparent, I have to say, I'd be like, yes, so what? What do I have to do? How do I do this this grace thing, this, this rhythm thing? What is that about? So I'll give you an example, maybe a little silly, of what I think this is about. Now, how many of us, without a show of hands, lest anyone be embarrassed, how many of us have driven on a highway with the posted speed of 100 kilometers? Some have done that? Yes? Good. Now, you've read the sign, you know what's expected. And again, without a show of hands, how many of us have noticed how incredibly easy it is to exceed said stated speed limit, especially when there is no evidence of a police cruiser in sight? And what happens when, hypothetically, as as we are exceeding the speed limit, you catch sight of a cruiser stealthily hidden underneath the overpass or on the exit ramp Suddenly we remember that, oh, 100, that means the two and the zero really shouldn't be on my dashboard. We suddenly try to bring it back and hope that the radar machine was not pointed at us. That last minute show of compliance can sometimes save us a lot of headache and expense. Now it's not a perfect example. Sometimes you have to go 105, I get that. But we all already know externally what's expected and internally what gets in the way. I gotta go. The paper's due at 12. I haven't read that yet. I wonder if the unforced rhythms of grace are these internal reminders to acknowledge our relationship with Jesus. Not because we've crossed the threshold of this place or walked up the steps to our church 
or seen the big Bible that sits in many locations in our house because, of course, as Christians, we have many Bibles. That's what we do. What are these acts of remembrance that call forward from deep within? Oh, come to me. As we transition from sleep to wakefulness, can we, like in Psalm 63, remember that the Lord has brought us safely to yet another day? Through our morning routines, when do we acknowledge and therefore remember that God is with us? During the joys and struggles of the day, do we remember in our heart feel in our bones that Christ is with us? Can we hear him call to us? Do we see those eyes of compassion, those arms flung wide, or that hand reaching out to us? When do we heed the call to receive the radical gift of hospitality that the Lord offers? Come to me. How do we transition from home to work and study and home again? Do we make time at all during the day to tell Jesus about the day we've we've been having? Can we express gratitude? It's almost like Jesus calling us out from the garden during the cover-up and saying, I see you, come to me. And somehow by his grace, we can say with or without the fig leaf, Lord, I'm tired. If I were a part of this conversation, it might go something like this. Jesus would say, Sharon, are you tired? And I would say, "Uh uh-huh. Jesus would say, worn out? Yep. Burned out on religion? Mm, I'd say that my expectations get me down. I can't consistently get it right. I feel like I let you down, that I'm not good enough. Sharon, come to me. Sharon, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. Lord, it's been so long. I'm tired. I'll just disappoint you more. Sharon, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. I would love that, but how? Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. But then you'll see how really slowly I walk and I'm not carrying my share of the burden and so Jesus would say, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it, I don't understand, Sharon, learn to be with me in the unforced, unearned, limitless rhythms of grace, Lord help me like you have in the past because I need you. Friends, we've paused in the middle of our work day and our school day to gather, making sacred space to remember who we are in Jesus. 
regardless of why we're here, however much more nips at our heels, I implore us all, because of our shared Lord Jesus, to make this the first priority, to hear him, to seek him, to wait for him, to hear his voice. Let his voice infuse every activity that we do. Let's bear witness to the unforced rhythms of grace that help us carry the load and make space for rest and rejuvenation. Let our response to come to me be yes and amen in Jesus. Before you return to what you were doing, may I pray for us. reception in your ears for the glory of your name. Amen. Enjoy the rest of your day.